Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. My name is Bryce Matthews, and this is the Deep and Lonely Podcast, presented to you by Houndsman XP. During this podcast, we will dive deep into what makes the ultimate, top-level, and unmatched extreme competition coon hunter. We will hear stories of old, tales of today, and we will dive deep into what separates the men from the boys. The stories will be raw, the truth will be told, and the camaraderie will be second to none. Pull up your chaps. It's about to get deep. Welcome back to another episode of the Deep and Lonely Podcast presented by the Hounds and XP Network. Guys, today I'm very fortunate to be joined by somebody who is well known in the sport of competition coon hunting. He's got, you know, accolades out the roof. He's got a dog that is at the top of the charts. Today we're sitting down with Mr. Wes Hamilton. Wes, how you doing, buddy? Very good, very good. Man, I'm very glad we finally got you on here. It's been a been a struggle to get our schedules to meet up and match up, but uh, you know, we finally got it nailed down here. So I'm I'm pumped to be here this afternoon. I think this is going to be um, a conversation that is very intriguing to guys like myself who are very competitive into this. We're just competitive in general, um, especially with the sport of competition coon hunting. We're going to spend a lot of time today, guys, talking about the new Coonhound Calcutta. Um, we're going to let Wes dive into that here in a little bit. If you guys aren't familiar with what that is, uh, stay tuned for this whole podcast because that's going to be uh, the majority of what we've got going on here today is, is talking about this Coonhound Calcutta and what it could possibly do for the sport of competition coon hunting. Um, Wes, why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners, let them know who you are, where you're from, your little background, just a little bit more about Wes Hamilton. Um, well, obviously I'm Wes Hamilton, but I live out in Nebraska. I build buildings for a living, work a lot. We coon hunt a lot too. Um, not a lot of coon hunters out here in Nebraska. Um, there's good hunting in Nebraska, but there's not, it's not like Missouri, Indiana, and Illinois you got a, I've probably got five or six good spots, you know, like good spots. You got a lot of little spots you can hunt a single dog in, but where you can hunt a cast of dogs, I've probably got five or six spots, you know. And just like everybody else, our hunting's kind of dwindling out down here, just like everybody is. is. Um, but I guess I'd be most known for Ruby, you know. Ruby's probably the dog that put me on the map more than anything. Um I've hunted a lot of different dogs before that, but I suppose she's probably the dog that put me on the map the most. So. Yeah. So how how did you get into it? Have you have you coon hunted your like growing up? Is it a family tradition? How is it? Yeah, I've actually got five brothers, um, and my stepdad actually got got me into coon hunting uh, when I was young. We hunted like for the hides. You know, it was a, it was a big thing. It was a money thing actually. You know, we kept them dogs all summer. We trade dogs around or whatever, but we hunted through the winter for the hides. I mean, for the money. Um, and I was I was aiding up with it from little, 
and I didn't get into the competition hunting until I was 16 when I could drive, or about right before I was 16. That's when I got into that, and you know how it is. You get your first win at a hunt, and then it's just, this coon hunting thing's just different. You know, you're either in it all the way, or you're just not really in it, you know what I mean? But it doesn't work for everybody either, you know, because not everybody's got... Uh, not everybody's got the, you know, not, it don't work with everybody's jobs. It don't work with everybody's family. And it's, it's hard to make everything work to be out running the roads and doing competition hunts. It is, man. I, I mean, I a hundred percent agree. I spent the last two nights over at the PKC world qualifiers and, you know, Thursday night, Friday night. Um, those are nights I had to miss some things for my kids, but it was something big, you know, you try to hit, you try to hit the majority of their stuff going on, but these big events, like you got, you've got to be there. Um, yeah how'd you do not worth a darn <laughs> i'm just flat out honest we i'm not even going back tonight <laughs> yeah. i don't man i don't know what the deal is he's been looking so good and we had i mean we had a heck of a run up there at michigan madness we got in two out of the three nights sitting second in the truck race for the pups right now i think we got bumped to third after last weekend but we were sitting second yep. there for a while um god we just had a good run he was looking solid and then it got stupid hot down here in Indiana this week. I don't know what it's been like over there in same, Nebraska. Same here. Same here. Very bad. I mean, Very hot. it was awful. So I didn't hunt a couple nights leading up to it. I just wanted to let him rest. Um, and then I went out there the last two nights, and he's just been in run mode. I mean, his name's mm-hmm. Wheels for a reason, but it, it shouldn't be yeah. that bad. He just he never made a tree. He just run for two nights. I think this summer, and I think if you watch what a lot of the other cooners say, you know, you know the guys that are always hunting because they'll be saying, you know, you can talk to them and they know what's going on. And it's crazy how stuff can be the same in Indiana as it is Nebraska as it is Texas. That's what, you know, like you'll see everybody have an off week with dogs, you know. And I think this summer has been the hardest. I don't know why. We didn't get no rain out here until uh, later on. It was just hot and dry, hot, dry, hot, dry. And then then we got a bunch of rain, and then it was hot and dry. Now it's hot and dry again. It's just been tough, man, to keep dogs consistent. This this summer's as hard as it's ever been for me. Man, but, I, I agree. Like, I don't remember a summer that's been this hard. And I don't like hunting in the summer to begin with. It's just I don't like being hot, sweaty, bugs. I It's not my thing. I don't like it. But I do it because I love the sport, and I like to win. And if you're going to win, you've got to be out there night in and night out. But – this summer has been tough. And I was literally talking to Bronk McDaniel earlier today about it. We were just chit-chatting back and forth. I said, man, mm-hmm. I said, I said, I, I can't figure him out. I was like, there'll be a week or so where he looks just as good as anything I've ever drawn. And then he goes out and it's like, he don't know what he's doing. He's just in run mode. And it's just, he's just not, I'm not seeing consistency with him right now. And I've talked to some other hunters and they're seeing the same thing. So I don't think it's just my dog, but I mean, what a heck of a time to be inconsistent here at the world hunt, you know? It just well, it's not gonna happen this yeah, year. Yeah, I think our world hunts a little early this year too. I, I I know that that's all in the works of getting fixed and stuff, but it's a little early for a world hunt right now. It, 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 I, I didn't even go just be well. We got a big hunt in Oklahoma next weekend, but yeah, it's just there's a lot of hunts right now too. That's another thing. There just is so of- so like this weekend we had the PKC World Zones Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I've, yeah. got, I've got my stuff loaded and ready to go first thing in the morning to Autumn Oaks. We're going to be, we yeah. go down there on Sunday. So I get there on Sunday. And then we've got Labor Day Classic, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> and then that actually goes on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm probably, probably going to hunt Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then 
You got your dual championships in Autumn Oaks Thursday. You got your grands on Friday. And it's like, man, there's a hunt every day next week. And yes, it is. It's, it's just wild. It's hot. It's I don't know. It's fun. The the sport is evolving where there you can literally go to hunt around here, I would say seventy percent of the week if you wanted to. Is it like oh, that yeah. out in Nebraska? Do you guys have those kind of hunts? We don't have a lot of small hunts, but you can get into the truck and go somewhere any weekend. You know what I mean? Right. And, but everything everything's far from out here. That's one thing about it. It's just it's wild, like nothing's close. Uh closest big hunts are gonna be like uh Memphis, Missouri, or La Plata, Missouri, that's going to be five, six hours, you know, that's going to be the far, that's going to be the closest, um, where I grew up at, and actually what got me into the big hunts and the pro classics was before they ever even started, uh, was the Russ Meyer hunt, you know, I don't know if you've heard people talk about it, I have that heard was about really it. the first pro classic, and what was crazy is that was so far ahead of its time, um, that was just a sixteen dog, uh, sixty five hundred dollar three night deal, but that went on for twelve consecutive years before anybody ever even picked up and had one pro classic. You know what I mean? Really, I didn't know and that. that. Wild, yes. It, no, it went on for I think twelve. I think they had thirteen years in the twelve. It was twelve years were passed before. And what happened was it was like it was almost like Russ was doing it and like he was like the only person that could do it for some reason. PKC wouldn't do it. They were just doing their thirties and their their out of purse hunts and um, I mean this went on for a decade and uh and then and then Russ he got sick and he was like, I'm not gonna do it no more and uh and then they had the first one, that black IP one in Texas. And I, I didn't even go the first one down there and I was at the majority of all Russes, I either early on I was judging or guiding because I lived right there. Right. So I got to see firsthand that hey, if you got a good dog and you give them three nights and, and hunting that they're good in, they're probably going to come out. You know what I mean? And and uh, I think it's took people a little time to see on these pro classics about. Um, you know, just the way the pro classes are, you just got to win one cast, you know. So it's really, it's really the best bang for your buck, you know. And then if you got, um, and you can actually make some money at them too if, if your dog's right, you know what I mean, I guess. If they're but, right, that's true. And it's not, um, and dude, they're just, you get better handlers, you get better dogs, but they're just, uh, you don't get much BS in them, you know. I, I agree. Just, I agree. It, it, it's it's just pretty professional, I think. You know, so, I, I like a lot about it, about it. Okay, so you've been around for a while. Were you hunting the uh, when they had the the pro series? I guess it was like the pro hunts before they went to the pro classics. Yeah, yeah. That and to think back now that oh yeah. So in 2010, I won the I won the pro race with a dog. Or, I was hunting for Jeremy Michaelis, uh, a dog named Wipeout Suds. And I won the I won the pro race with that dog, and it, that dude people it was one a month, and it didn't matter if it was in North Carolina or where it was at. It was three hundred dollar entry fee. Sixty four people were going there. They wasn't missing it, and that that was wild. That was very wild. Um, and you were just there and once a month. You went to this hunt, but what's crazy was it was only four thousand dollars if you got lucky enough to win it. You know what I mean? And they were hard to win. You know, it wasn't like the hunts are now where they're 
16 dogs, two cast wins. You got to win three cast. It seemed like it was pretty, you know, the the 16 dogs would normally prevail getting the top 16, but then that that early round on Saturday night was tough. I mean, it was just tough. There was always really good dogs in it. And then to win one was just tough. So actually that year in 2010, I think there was 12 hunts or whatever, and I won one and then got in the finals of a couple others, and that won it for me. So that shows you how hard it was to actually even win one of them, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I went to a bunch of those. That that was the hunt. And and uh, and I think the pro classics probably hurt the pro hunts. You know what I mean? The series thing. It, now you got all these series that people are doing in each state. That's pretty neat. You know what I mean? But we don't have, like, a real pro race like we used to. You know what I mean? Like, where you waited to see in the book and, oh, such and such is $1,000 ahead or whatever. That It was a big thing, you know. Right, yeah. And so whenever I first came into the this scene of coon hunting in general – um, cause I mean, I've really only been coon hunting for eight years. Um, I didn't yeah. start till I was in college, you know, I, I've said mm-hmm. it on here before, but I had a buddy in college introduced me to it and I just got bit by the bug. Like you said, you're either in it or you're out of it. And I mean, I have been head first in it for eight years now, but when I was first getting into it, I mean, I couldn't soak up enough information. I was trying to figure it out and trying to see, I was like, what is this deal? Like, what is this competition thing about? And that's whenever I started seeing these pro hunts and the pro races. And I was like, man, like. Are these guys, like, at that time, I mean, I didn't know. I was like, do you have to win X amount of money to be considered a pro to be able to even yeah. enter in these hunts? <laughs> like, can anybody, like, what makes a pro? And I was just so enamored by that, and I was like, I would watch it. And I'm like, man, this is, like, crazy. Like you said, you'd see the same guys in North Carolina, in Missouri, Texas. Like, wherever that pro hunt was at, you saw the same guys. And I was like, are these guys making a living doing this? I just, I didn't know what it was about. And I was so enamored with the thought of, man, like, you can be a pro in anything. You can be pro baseball, pro basketball, pro NASCAR, and now there's a professional coon hunter? Like, what? Yeah. It's crazy about hobbies. I tell people all the time when people talk about coon hunting and whatever, and I don't want to coon hunt for a living. I love doing it at the highest level, but I love to work, you know, and and just I don't want coon hunting to be my job. You know, I've always – that's one thing that's, I guess, it, it'll – wear you down if you're working and trying to you know what i mean it, it'll flat wear a man down um but it'll work but uh, like the guys that do it for a living man they're doing it hard enough to throw war down too there, there's no way that you can run the road working or not working and not be wore down i mean man it's uh them two nuts will wear a man down absolutely <laughs> as much as work well as much as work well for sure but um, yeah, I know exactly. I remember thinking, having all the same thoughts you did about the about the pro series. But any hobby that you're in, there's another level to it. You know what I mean? Look at look at cornhole. Like it's on ESPN now. Is that you not know, crazy? Like, yeah, it's just wild. Like everything. Yeah, something to start in the backyard drinking beers on ESPN. You know? Yeah. And that kind of goes into everything that they're doing with the Calcutta stuff. You know, it's just. Uh, this, this thing should keep growing. You know, coon hunt should keep growing. There should be a world... There's no reason that there's not a world hunt that's not a $300 entry fee that pays 100000 You know what I mean? We have, we, have, uh, we have pro classics that are 64 dogs that pay 100000 How in the world can you tell me we can't figure out uh, to have a world hunt that's a $300 or $500 entry fee that pays hundred grand? Think of all the people that would be there. You know what I mean? Look at how many people are fitting to be at Autumn Oaks. You know what I mean? Or 
you know, wherever. You're telling me that if you, $300, a lot of people, if it, I look at coonhunts like this, there's a bracket, like, it takes a money man for about anything over $500 for most people. You know what I mean? That's kind of a bracket. Yep. If you go under 500 you go 300 $200 hunts, there's a lot, you know, our money's changed, there's a lot of local guys that can hunt that. Right. If you kept a world hunt entry fee down there, you know, and you advertise it for a hundred grand first place, I think it'd be unreal the dogs you could get there. Right. And so, okay, so let's let's talk about that because I've got a couple thoughts on that. The Journey on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network is sponsored by Onyx. The most comprehensive mapping system in the world is available by going to onyxmaps.com and downloading their app. Several subscription offers there. Highly recommend you use an Onyx, and here's a true story for you. We've all got that spot where when we turn our hound loose at night, they're going to head that direction. Well, the other night, my hounds headed in a direction for that property that had recently sold. I had no idea who owned that property. I simply opened up my Onyx app, found the landowner information, cut the dogs off, and the next day... I went to their house, and not only did I get permission to hunt there, I think I made some new friends. They are beef farmers, and they do not like raccoons running through the feed bunks, leaving their mess behind. Yeah. Go to onxmaps.com and download the app today at checkout. Make sure you use the promo code HXP20 and get 20% off. When you join us on Patreon, you will get a discount code for a deeper discount on Onyx Maps. Know where you stand with Onyx. I'll start with the just dog numbers. Let's just start with that. So we were scheduled to have sixty, or we had sixty-four spots available at Monticello this weekend yep. for the qualifiers. Mm-hmm. Thursday night, we had seventeen dogs. Seventeen. Yeah, and I'll tell you why I think that is, is I think that it's, there's a little bit is too much hunt, but we're not doing anything. Uh, The World Hunts paid $30,000 for like, as long as I've been in this thing, it's paid $30,000. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So, nothing is growing. You know what I mean? You got to, you take it, you got to start giving guys something new so they got something to chase. You know what I mean? Winning the world hunt is a great thing, but it's it's thirty thousand dollars, and then they just got to put more more into it. Right, you know what I mean. Got got to put something new into it. Okay, so I and then, like and I, I think look at that's it, why people ain't there. Yeah, and I look at it like this too. So when I hear the um, let's just let's go with like buzzwords of World Series or yeah. their Super Bowl, that is. The most prestigious thing you can win in either of those two respective sports. Okay? Yep. Baseball, football. When I hear world hunt, I think prestige. First thing that comes to mind. Okay? Oh, but with prestige comes money, in in my opinion. Yeah. Like if you're gonna win the biggest hunt, the most prestigious hunt. If you are going to have WCH in front of your dog's name at the end of that hunt when you're number one, you've put in time and effort and you've caught some good breaks along the way, but you have yeah. done your due diligence to get there. 
Why is that world hunt not paying the most? Why is the world hunt paying $30,000 for PKC and you can go out to a uh, $2,000 or $3,000 entry fee pro classic and win 30,000 in two nights. That's right. Why can you win the same amount on a Joe blow Friday and Saturday that you can win at the world hunt? Why can, why is the UKC world hunt paying $10,000 and you got tournament of champions paying 50? I get it. Hey, I'm telling you, I, I don't know why it's one thing that, We've got to figure out as coon hunters. We we've got to figure that that out. That, that has to be figured. Out. So there used to be a rule in the in the blue book. It was either for nationals or it was for a, a world hunt that a pro classic or whatever could not pay more than I think it was nationals. I think no pro classic because that's that's the reason the sixty five hundred dollars hunts always paid eighteen thousand. Because nationals pays twenty thousand, right? That paid twenty. Nothing could pay more than national, so they really didn't want to make it bigger. The problem is everything's growing, but we're not we're not really growing on our on our big on our hunts that really should be growing because when I look at a world hunt, everybody should have a chance at that. Man, that ought to be every coon hunter that has a coon dog ought to be at a world hunt, you know, and. Um, and they kind of do like it, and UKC does a pretty good job about getting everybody involved. I just don't think in uh, PKC we're doing a good enough job of getting everybody involved. But I, you know, hopefully we just keep working at it and, and get it going. You know, but I just think, man, I think if you could, you gotta, you probably gonna have to do a zone thing like we're doing, but we got to do it at a good time of year. Right now is the worst time of year for coon hunting. I'm talking about like, in in. 15 days, 20 days, but to get better probably. But you can't hardly sell a puppy right now. You know, it's hot. Nobody's thinking about coon hunting. Everybody's at the lake still. School starting, football games. Um, you know what I mean? In about a month, everybody be thinking about coon hunting, you know. And I think we've got bad timing on the world hunt qualifier right now, you know. Probably the ones that are in the south will probably do better. You know, because what are they? A couple weeks or three weeks away or something? Yeah, I think there's a two two week split. I think. Don't hold me to it. Um, yeah, it, it's going to get better, but right now for coon hunting and anything as far as coon hunting right now, I think it's just kind of slow. It's hot, you know. But yeah, but we do need to do better. The world hunt should be the biggest stage platform there is. Um, we ought to be able to get sponsors. We ought to be able to have money. There just ought to be a lot of things better. Right. You know? But I, I think there are some guys out there that got some good ideas about getting doing some of that, you know. So. Okay. Now, let me run this past you. So, I'm not going to say who it was, um, but they are a well-known person in the competition world. Very outspoken. And um, when I was judging them a few weeks ago, they made the statement that the sport of coon hunting is as big as it needs to be right now. And their reason behind that, because I asked, I said, why? I said, why should it not be bigger? Why should it not be mainstream? Why should everybody not know about this? And his reasoning behind that was that he believes if it gets any bigger, then we're going to have animal rights activists down our back more than we do now. Like, because the majority of the world doesn't understand it. So he was afraid that if it gets bigger, if it gets televised, it's just going to ruin what we already have going, and they're afraid of losing what we have. What do you think on that one? I think he's looking in the rear view mirror. I, he needs to be looking through the front glass, is what I think. Uh, okay. 
I would make sure I wasn't the only one in the boat, but I just listened yeah, to what he had to say. I think, I think, I think so. I just think, Hey, we get bigger. We can deal with things like that. You know what I mean? But don't, you got to worry about growing. And I, I just, and I think probably a little bit of that right there is, is why we're, we're not where we need to be. You know what I mean? And not that we're in a bad spot. We are growing, we are growing, but we can still get better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we really could. And, and I, I think this Kundo Calcutta thing, um, you know, we started this off not really knowing, but I'm telling you, I think, I think it could get, it's going to help a lot of this. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to dive into that, but a couple yeah. things I want to get into before we get into Calcutta, let's talk about, I, I just want to know the story about Ruby. Um, I want to like, let me, let me in on how you came to hunting Ruby. The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this Made in America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say Made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. If you guys pulled up PKC right now on the website and you go to the races and standings tab and you go to all-time winning hounds, you guys are going to find Halftime Ruby sitting at number two right now. She is the number one winning female in PKC's history. Currently, she is sitting at $271,000, a little more than that, $271,734.62 to be exact. That's crazy to me that a dog, that's life-changing money. A dog can provide that. Tell me the journey. How did you get Ruby? Did you did you put all that money onto the winning? Like, I don't know the story. And I, so, I know if I don't know it, the listeners don't know it either. So let's hear it. It's it's funny that you talk, we, we were talking about pro hunts, right? And, and the pro races, the $300 that would pay $4,000. They had a pro hunt in... Um, up in Iowa, I don't remember exactly where it was, Northeast Iowa. I was hunting. A, I was hunting a female named Little Shine, and um, pretty good female. I uh, let me think. I, I get in the finals. I'd gotten the finals with this female a ridiculous amount of times. Shine, I mean, but never won one. I went to five or six six pro hunts that year. Gotten five of them, and I got like third and fourth every time with her. Well. I just thought I had to hunt them off, you know. So we were hunting it off. We, we got to hunt it off, and Brett Myers, which is my partner on, on Ruby, he said, he looks at me and he says, uh, you're going to get beat by a pup. He's hunting Ruby. And she was about 15, 16 months old. And, uh, man, she struck. I remember we go out there and we hunt, and she struck, and she was probably running a deer or something, just puppy barking. And she runs for a good while, but then she trees a coon in there. There's probably an hour, it's probably an hour in. Actually, he trees her running once. She takes 100 miles. And uh, 
uh, Jane, Jesse Jane was in this cast too. So it wasn't like there wasn't some pretty good dogs in this cast. It was, there were some really good towns. And um, we, uh, but when she trees this coon, he cuts her back loose and she trees another one, like, just like bang, like it was nothing. Like she was just, and then he cuts her off and she trees another one. And she was just treeing those coons, like off of coons, like so quick. I'd like not seen that, you know, all these dogs got to have reset time, reset time. So I knew it was on. I still had connections with Russ Myers, um, Jess Dickerson, all, all these guys. Um, I'm on to this deal. I'm buying this dog. Whatever it takes, I'm getting this dog. I start calling uh, Brett Myers and, and um, Nathan Stoner. Brett Myers and Nathan Stoner owned that dog together. Owned Ruby. And I start calling them and, no, we won't sell. And they did price. And this is crazy because this dog had about, she had about, she'd won a four-wheeler. Maybe not this time. At least she won the pro hunt. But by the time I ended up getting her bought, she'd won a four-wheeler too. She had about 13000 I think, when I got her. But this goes on like for almost, or over a year, a year. It goes on for about a year of me trying to buy this dog. I have family in Iowa. Every time I'd go back over there, and that's how much times change, you know. So she was, when I got her, she had one super stakes left. So she was uh, three, probably, you know, right at three. You think about that now. If there was a dog that had won a four-wheeler and a pro hunt, it would have been gone. You know what I mean? But this goes on for, and we wasn't talking crazy money either. It was like 10000 bucks. They were willing to sell this dog. It just worked out. I called Russ Myers. I'm like, hey, this is the dog. Well, Russ was kind of getting out at that time. He's like, man, I just really ain't looking to buy another dog. And I didn't have the money. I, I didn't have the money to buy the dog my own self. And I knew it was the dog that needed to be done. Well, we had a couple other deals, and they just kind of fell through. I was trying to get it. It just went on and on and on and on. And uh, finally, I get I get a deal done. I get to talking to Brett. We get a deal done, and I've got a partner. Me and Cody Cherney, we're going to be partners. I was actually hunting dogs him. He was going to put up five thousand. I was going to put up five thousand. We're going to buy her. Well. Cody gets cold feet. You know how dog deals go. Oh, the dog's got a lick. Yeah, the dog's got this, you know. So I call Cody, and I'm like, I finally got this done. We're going to get this dog. Cody says, uh... so the other thing was Barry Kitty was after the dog, too. So that, that was after Ruby also. And Barry kind of pulled a slick move and got Cody to back out on this deal. Barry calls Cody and says, there's something wrong with that dog. You know, I don't think I would jump in on this. He's like, it's just, there's something they're not telling us about that dog. So Cody throws his hands up in there, and he's he's out. He's not going to buy. Oh, no. And so now I'm sitting here. I promise you, I promise you, I had $5,000 and zero cents to my name. That's all I had. I had That's all I had at that time. Five, I had this $5,000. I'm buying half this dog. I'm getting this dog. And... Uh, so now Cody's backed out, and I Barry's hot on the hills. Barry's trying to buy this dog, and um, and I just had a feeling that Barry, that's what Barry, Barry is working that angle. He was, and uh, I called Brett and I talked to Brett and I said, because this was like in the winter, and my big thing was I want to hunt that dog when it comes to 
Russ Meyerhunt. All I could think of is how I will win Russ Meyerhunt with this dog, guaranteed this spring. And um, I called Brett Myers and end up working a deal where I could just buy Nathan Stoner's half. Ow, ow. And me and Brett, um, he said, yeah, go ahead. And I said, my big thing is, I said, will you pay half of Russ Meyer entry with me? Which was unheard of, $6,500. There was only so many people I could even pay that. And Brett said, I'll do it. He said, if you think you could win, which I'd won it with several times with different dogs. So, I mean, he probably felt pretty good that we had a chance, you know. And uh, he knew what Ruby was capable of doing. So I ended up taking my $5,000 I got and driving up there and buying half of her from Nathan. And I got her. And when she came to me, we went right. I mean, we went right to win. And it was, went to hunting her. And uh, we went to the Russ Meyer hunt. We got, um, let's see, we won like 25000 the first the first whack, you know. Went to Super Stakes before that. Got third in the Super Stakes right off the bat. Just, and then it just went on. She's the only dog that you could just, she'd always bail you out. It, I don't even really know how to explain it. I wish I had another one. I know that. But Does Ruby hunt for herself, or does she care who's going No, she hunts for me for 100%. She, she, she's, a, she's a 100% a pleaser. So, you, but you went out your very first hunt and won 25000 with her. You didn't have we her very long, right? went to super stakes before that, I think, and got seventy five. But it was pr- pretty quick. And then the, the Russ Meyer hunt was the first big entry fee. Yeah, so but you take you take your five thousand dollars, your last five thousand to your name. Yeah. You, you you saw something in her, you believed in her, you spend your last dime on this dog, bam, first hunt, when, even if it's seventy five hundred, you get your money back. Like Oh yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was on it was crazy to be honest with you. And um and the thing of it is is that money wasn't real big. So like one of the first things we was doing back then is we wanted to win the Iowa Iowa State race or whatever, because that was still a big thing back then. I don't know, we won like thirty nine hundred in open money that year, um, with her. And then we went ahead and bred her, like pretty quick, within me having her I don't think I'd had her for a year. We she was like you know, I, whatever, four or three or four and we bred her to big D semen right off the bat. You know, and um, that's what a lot of people don't realize is she just had her fifth litter of pups. You know, like she's won all this and, and raised five litters of pups, you know, and um, yeah, she's something. I don't know. Um, so one thing I didn't know about her for the longest time, I mean, I'd heard of Ruby and I was like, okay, that's whatever. I've seen pictures of her. And then one day somebody said, yeah, she's a crossbred dog. I was like, no. And they're like, yeah, like blue tick and walker. I was like, come on. And I get to look and I'm like, well, I'll be like, is that something that you have messed with? So a lot? That's Brett Myers line, line of dogs. There was a, a dog and Brett could really tell you all about it way better than I could have, but he hunted a female named half breed Jesse. And, um, she goes back, all of Brett's dogs go back to half breed Jesse and half breed Jesse was, was uh, half English or blue tick or whatever and half Walker was out of a blue tick name uh monster or something like that and um yeah so he bred all of his dogs off of that off of that uh, off that female and yep so but i think it's and we may when we crossed her back on like big country i i do think there's a lot of health benefits and stuff in the crossbreed you do so you're a proponent for crossbreeding i think i'm a component i i just like coon dogs but if they're good they're good but um i'm not a 
big walker man or blue tick man or whatever, but uh, coon dog. But I do think there's something to dogs not having as many health problems, thyroids, and just things like that if they're crossbred. I, I think line breeding and you keep it. In my experience, you keep the blood really tight. Seems like you got more problems. Yeah, but I mean that's that's crazy, man. You take your spend your five thousand dollars on her now. She's sitting at just shy of two hundred and seventy-two thousand dollars. I mean, congratulations! I mean, that's awesome, man. Like that, that yeah, just gets me it's, excited. Well, it, it's almost it's just kind of crazy, man. I mean, the way she would how it all played out. It'll it'll never happen again. I'm I'm confident that it won't. But but yeah, I and what I seen in her that first night hunting with her is why she's good. Right. It is that they've never changed from when she was a pup and what I seen in her then, you know, if you can find a dog that's got something really special about them and you can always make that a little better, you know, and just focus on that. Um, that's that's how you make a big winner, you know. And yeah. it's treating coons off of coons. If we if you ever went in a place, I promise you and there was a, when she when she'd tree a coon she get jacked up off that coon, she'd tree another one. And the next one and the next one, they just keep coming easier, you know. If they were there to tree, they'd just come easier, you know. And uh, that was her strong point, and that's why she won big. Yeah. So you, t- you said she had five litters of pups. Um, I kind of want to talk about this. You, you seem to be on the front lines of changing, changing the way things are done. And I've been interested, and I've been kind of following this dash for cash you guys have going yeah. on so that's uh, uh so jr wall he came into the book so i basically where jr comes in is uh after i got done with ruby we'd ran so me and brett just two working guys we ran the road with ruby which a lot of the big hunts didn't even start till she was like six years old you know other than the russ meyer hunt like she we didn't start having those pro classics really until what, four years ago, probably, you know, four years probably ago. So it wasn't like the entry fees were crazy until then. But me and Brett forked the whole thing ourselves. Just, I mean, Brett works on a hog farm, and I built buildings and whatever. But but I always said that I said, even as much as Ruby won, I knew I'd never have a dog probably that would win as much as her. Hope I have a bunch of them, but it probably won't happen. Um, I always said if I did this again and kept going to these hunts, I'd, You'd want to get a money, man. At that point, when Ruby's was Ruby was done, everybody pretty well had a guy that was helping. You know, a spot, I don't know what you call them, money. Money man's point. the only thing I can call them because that's what they are. <laughs> that's what you call them, money man. You hate to. I like to call them. I don't know, a sponsor or whatever, because a lot of those guys are real coon hunters too. That just couldn't. Uh, you know, like Jr. He hunts every night. Gerald Wall he hunts every night. Um, uh, they're they're coon hunters too. They just yeah. They're everybody's got. They're a but good it backer. takes a team, man. It takes a team. It does, you know, 100%. I mean, it takes a team to, to really go out there and, and win like you want to. But so when Ruby is about done, that's that's when uh, JR, came, JR came in the books of this thing. So then JR, that was kind of more his idea, but it, we kind of came up with it together. Um, and man, and I think it's good. JR's big thing is he wants to buy a good dog, okay? And the way he looks at it, and he wanted to promote that dog and get people out there hunting, hunting out of his dog. And what better way to do it is than to put the incentive out there? The dog, the, money. the dog we're talking about is Neosho River Ralph. 
Yes, Ralph. Yep. Okay. So this is the second one we've done. The first one had fifteen thousand. It's basically, and what we did basically was set, sold these pots for five hundred dollars. So you take all that money, you put it in a pot, and then you give it back to the hunters. You know, in a way, it's kind of like a super stakes program, but it's uh but our main goal is is try to find a great hound. You know what I mean? But it's get people out there hunting them because there's not very many people out there hunting pups anymore. If you haven't noticed that, it's 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 not like there's a pup here and there to buy that's a good right. started dog. Yeah, I I you know I agree with that, and I've never been in a situation where I can go out and buy a nice dog. So I have since I've been in this, I've tried to make a pup, and I to this day I've been unsuccessful. I have just struggled with it, man. Like, I've tried and tried and tried. I have one right now that's doing better than anyone I've ever had before. I'm still not going to say I'm a great pup guy, but I, that, that's a goal of mine is to take a pup from 12 weeks old and make it a coon dog and win a cast. Like, I personally want to do that. But I want to just for the listeners kind of read this ad off that you guys have because I think it's genius how you guys have done it. So, basically, you're taking nine females that you guys have selected, and when they come in yep. season, you're breeding them to Ralph. Right. They all. So what worked out was they're all within like two months of age. Okay. These pups are. So it just worked out that we grabbed like, you know, when it starts warming up in the spring, everybody's female comes in heat. Yep. So we had all these females that people were coming to breed and we're like, well, let's put a, a program together just on these nine and that'll keep our base pups within a couple months of age, you know? Yep. And go ahead, but yeah. Yeah, so so you guys have selected nine females, and they come in season, they're getting bred to Ralph. The pups are $500 a piece when you sell them. And guys, I'm reading directly off the ad here. Um, so there's $30,000 in prize money here. That's a pretty good incentive for what you guys have going on. There's, yeah. there's $5,000 to the first pup to make a PKC silver champion. And a silver champion is, uh, what is it, $4,000? $4, yeah. Yep, 4000 Okay. $5,000 to the first pup to make a PKC champion with open events money only. That's 500 bucks. So yeah. if you can go out there and win 500, you're making 5,000 if you're the first one to do it. That, yeah. so, that is a return on investment right there. Absolutely. $5,000 to the first pup to make the final four of a pro sport event. $5,000 in addition if you win the same pro sport event. So if you can get in that event, make the final four, boom, guaranteed 5000 You hunt it off and you win, boom, another 5000 There's 10000 on top of what you're going to win for pro sport. Exactly. I mean, this is good. And then the last, oh, we got two more. There's $5,000 to the first pup to make a UKC night champion. You got to win five cast. You win five cast at $30 entry fees, you're making $5,000. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is $5,000 to the first pup to make a UKC Grand Knight Champion. So what I really, really like about what I see on this ad is you are including all three of the main registries. We've got PKC, UKC, Pro Sport. There is yep. an incentive in this ad for every single coon hunter out there. Nobody's being left out. Be. I like that. The other part that I like about it is that these pups are selling for $500 a piece. To me, and this is just me speaking, that's about what a pup should go for. Because you, yeah. it's a fart in a whirlwind what you're going to get out of a litter. You could breed the best of the best and not get nothing. You could breed two duds, get great. You could have a mix in between. 
you know, you might, it's just like a 50-50 raffle ticket, you know. You might be the winning number, and you were one ticket ahead of the one that I had, but we paid the same amount mm-hmm. to buy that raffle ticket. Yep. So I, I've always said I think $500 is a good putt price. You guys are not in this to make make a ton of money. You're in it to find a good hound and to promote dogs that you believe in. Yeah, exactly. I like it, and I think that's innovative. I think that's smart. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of it. So, you know, the bottom of the ad, it, it and I like it. it. Says the only place you get paid to hunt a pup, and I think that's true because I don't know, I don't know anybody that's like, um, you got guys that handle dogs. Or somebody will send you a dog for a thousand dollars a month to hunt their dog. Okay, but those dogs are usually mm-hmm. trancoons. I don't know many guys yeah. that get sent an eight-week-old pup and somebody is paying them to make that dog trancoons. Exactly. No, it's not not very often. It's not not very often. I, I just think we really got to push more people to hunt pups. I mean, there's just not enough guys, man. That, and a lot of that's got to do with there's no price on the fur market or anything anymore. That That's a big thing. You know, a lot of people, a lot of those guys that used to train pups were – we're fur hunters and would get a pup and shoot a bunch of coons and stuff. And But we've, we got to remember that these dogs that win big money got to start somewhere, you know? Yeah. And, and if you're a pup man right now, like you said, there's not very many of them. So those guys who, those guys who take the time to lay out there in the woods, get these pups going, they have the opportunity to make this a, a good chunk of money. As they're the same good chunk of money as these guys who are running the roads. They're just doing it in a different fashion. Their name's not exactly. in the limelight. They're not getting the front cover of the magazine. But there are guys out there right now that will pay top dollar for a dog that is young, has potential, is showing good interest and showing progression, just so they don't have to put the boot work in. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're if you are a genuine pup guy and that's what you like to do, you've got a chance to make good money in this sport too. You're just doing it in a different fashion. Exactly. Exactly. There ain't no doubt. I, no, I think it's a great thing. I think it'll keep growing, too. We went from 15000 on the first time. We, and then we went, the first Dash for Cash 1 had 15000 It's 2500 a spot. The second one was $30,000. Uh, I just look forward to keep growing. I figure it'll probably keep getting bigger also. So. Yeah, so do you guys – tell me about the results you've seen from the first one. Like, were those hunters, were they – jacked up and ready to go so but it's just about at the point that it's going to be happening here so we did that one so most of those pups are probably about eight nine months old so this i would say you know we're just at the point where this winter it's going to be rocking and rolling you know what i mean probably probably just about what i just talked about here when this coon hunt thing's going to really kick off here in the next month you know what i mean i know i say that we got guys all over coon hunting this weekend but um, it's going to really get to be a big thing here in about a month. You yeah. Know? Yep. I know. I'm excited for it. This, I think this season is going to be big for my pup that I'm pushing right now. I've kind of, I'm letting her, I'm taking her out a few times this summer, but it's just not good condition. So I don't want to burn her out. You know, I just take her out, keep her going. She's treated a few coons, but I think this, this kill season is going to be big for her. So I'm, I'm excited. You know, I'm in that same boat. I'm waiting for this next 15, 20 days. Um, and that's a big thing with pups. And I'll tell you, that was a big thing even back on Ruby. When we were winning with Ruby, is we we didn't put her in positions that we thought she would lose. Um, 
and we were able to do that because we were working guys too. So we didn't go every hunt, you know what I mean? But we didn't go to, we went to where there was Coonsby tree. We went to like, we didn't go to Tennessee and some of the rougher places, Kentucky. We went to Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, Missouri, you know, Oklahoma, where there was Coonsby tree. And we put her in good positions where we thought that she would win and that, and that helped her a bunch, you know, but right. If you notice now, though, most of these coon hunts are where you treat coons. Like, because everybody's paying such a big entry fee, they want everybody to have fun and treat coons also, whether they win or lose. So you look at it, I mean, most of these hunts are in good hunting. You know, they really are. You know, I think there's probably a few of them down the south that ain't, but the majority of these big hunts are all places you treat raccoons at. Right. Yeah, so... So the dash for cash was the first one that I saw that I was like, man, that's innovative. That's good. Then you got the, you got the, all the coon hunters sitting around these clubs and stuff talking and, and everybody's talking about, you know, where's the sport going to go? What's it going to do? And something that I have thought about for years and, and I'm, I'll just be very honest. I'm not smart enough to figure it out. Money is not my game. I, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I've always said, man, You've got DraftKings, you've got Sportsbook or whatever it is that they call it. Man, it'd be cool if guys could, because you had you'll have a Calcutta at the at the local club. You know, you've got your guy up there, and okay, here comes Ruby. Who's going to give me twenty dollars for? And you'll you'll see at some of the hunts. You know, they'll go up to hundred hundred and fifty dollars on a dog, and then you've got okay, here comes Wheels. Who who give me twenty dollars? And he might stay yeah. twenty bucks. You know, yeah. but they're raffling off these dogs at the hunts. And if the dog gets in, you get some money back. I mean, it's a pretty simple concept. But I was like, man, yeah. why can't at these bigger hunts, you've already got a list of the pre-entered dogs that are going to be there. Why is there not a um, a platform for guys to go out there and um, let, let's call it for what it is, bet on these dogs? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's a betting is something as old as time. People have done it all the time, you know from here on out and they'll continue to do it people like to spend money with the chance of recouping money so why yeah. why is there not a draft kings for for coon hunting and and i've tossed it around and i've talked to people and i heck i even talked to a guy at work who's big into the draft kings and the sports books i'm like all right how do we make this work he's like man it'd, it'd take a lot it'd take a lot and then all of a sudden wham here comes the coon hound calcutta <laughs> and part of me was like dang somebody beat me to it and then the other part of me was like, all right, it's probably better that somebody who knows what they're doing does it the right way. So tell me about Coonhound Calcutta from its inception. Let's talk about the thought process, what it took to build the platform you're using, and then where it's going. Because you just made a Facebook post uh, this week, you know, that there's some big things coming, there's some changes coming. So let's talk about the whole thing start to finish. The Houndsman XP Podcast Network is powered by Cajun Lights. All of your lighting needs for hunting can be taken care of at Cajun Lights. They have three models of cap lights. I'm going to run through them real quick. You've got the Rogaroo, which is their high-end light. If you're a competition hunter and you got to find that coon up in a tree and it's all riding on finding that coon, you'll want the Rogaroo on your head. Next is the Bayou. That's a pretty standard light, but it's got packed with features. It's got multiple colors. It's got walking lights. It's got the red, the green, the amber. It's all built in right into that light. And then you have one of my personal favorites, the Micro Gator. The Micro Gator is an ultra lightweight 
cap light. It's got all the features of a white light, red, green, and amber. I've used this light for everything from finding bear tracks early in the morning to coon hunting at night to working on plumbing in the house, changing tires on the side of the road. My truck doesn't leave the driveway without a Cajun light in it, and that light is the Micro Gator. Every Cajun light is durable, made from the highest quality components, and it is backed by Cajun's top-rated customer service. Check out Cajun Lights. You can go to our website at houndsmanxp.com. Go to our sponsors page. Hit that link. It'll take you right to Cajun Lights. Check them out. They got a lot of stuff to offer over at Cajun Lights. So there's four of us involved in Kunal, Calcutta. Colin Stubbs, Brett Myers, and J.R. Wall. And at first I thought, well, that seems like a lot of, you know, a lot of people, but yeah, honestly, it's probably just the right amount. It takes, uh, it you know, it takes a group of people to run this thing, for one. I'll promise you. One person couldn't run it. Um, it basically just, you know, we started talking about it probably just like you did. You know what I mean? We started talking about it. Um, Colin Stubbs is a, I mean, without him, we, we would not be very far probably but he's you've got to have somebody that's very good on computers very good on the legal stuff um and we just decided and and luckily to have jr because jr's you know great was just supporting ideas you know that we have and um jr said we'll figure it out you know let me know what's going to cost and let's let's roll with it and uh we just started digging into it and there was a lot of loops and hurdles and uh things we had to get into to get it going you know and we thought off the bat we wanted to kind of keep it simple and see what happens we didn't know what you think it'll work but coon hunters are also the type of people that they're not all for new stuff all the time and um we want we thought well we'll just let's start with pro sport you know they're, they're putting on these simple pro classics they'll be simple there and pro sports one thing that they do better is they keep everybody informed. You know, they got Josh out there, you know, at the end of these pro sport hunts and at three o'clock in the morning, there's 500 people watching, you know, and, um, which was another thing that I'd seen and you'd probably seen too. It's like, man, people would bet on this, you know, yep. they, they would. Uh, I got eight, nine guys that work for me. They spend a majority of their paychecks playing Keno or, some game on on their phones <laughs> i mean you know i mean pe there's a lot of people that are on their phones gambling all the time betting on fights and, and so like in iowa which is where we're based out of sports betting opened up out there yep it just opened so up here in indiana last year too i think or two years ago all all these things are happening to make this all kind of possible where, where it was just originally just kind of a thought like you had and we started pushing it going and uh we did our first one. We've done three now, and we've paid out twenty-five thousand dollars in three of them. And we're just guys. We're just starting. Like this is in three of them. We have, the payout has been twenty-five thousand total, and that's just on three of them. And I and I'm telling you, so you know, getting the platform, getting that all set up, that's just going to keep evolving. The one we have right now definitely works. There's definitely things that we want to make better and better. We want to make it so simple that anybody can do it you know what i mean yep. i want 
some old retired coon hunter that's, you know, sitting at home that his wife can do it for him, where he's literally just hitting a button or getting off site and just rolling. And um, I think the biggest thing that separated us from the other people is that were kind of dipping into it is we definitely knew we had to have a platform like a betting deal that when you bought it, the money came out of your account. So that you wasn't chasing people for money right. yep. and, and doing that stuff. And then your money's there, and then just as soon as the deal's over, your money's getting dispensed back to you, you know, getting paid to you. I think in a year, I think everybody will be amazed how big it is. I think it looks like it's really rolling down. It is very rolling. But I think as uh, if you kind of look at pro sport, when they first started, it took them about a year to really get the following and get and get it rocking, you know. And they are, and they're rolling. They're rolling very well right now, um, and they're still growing too. But uh, I think in a year, Kundal Calcutta will be huge. Yeah. So, like that was the biggest thing for me on that. Whenever I was just it was just tossing it around, like I said, I talked to a bunch of people about it because I was like, there, there is a market for this. But what scared me was the legal part of it. I was like, man, yeah. I don't even know where to begin on this. Like, And I I couldn't even speak on any part of it because the legal part is what scared me on the deal. So, you know, you guys have got it figured out. And I get on there and, and look, and I'm seeing who's betting on what. And, and I think it's fun because I'm not a gambler personally. You're not going to see me buying a scratch-off ticket unless it's – yeah. I'll buy a, a Hoosier lottery ticket or a Mega Million when it's at like $1 billion or something because I'm like, all right, it's $2. But you're not going to see me going to the casino – spending money i don't like i don't even like to pay entry fees for these hunts because i'm like oh, said, if i lose like there goes my money you know yeah I, i'm just not a gambler <laughs> by nature but i like to keep up with it because i'm like okay who's spending money here what dogs here because i'm competitive you know i like this i just like to see it so um it's something that i thought would be a big deal i thought it would be a big success and you guys are taking that and running with it um mm-hmm. One thing I thought was interesting, though, is like after the Kunhan Calcutta got out and people started using it, then, okay, here comes the PKC Calcutta. And I was like, oh, yeah. boy. I was like, okay. So now we've got two different platforms with two different sets of people trying to do the same thing. How is this going to work? I didn't see it ending well for anybody. But <laughs> but well, you guys have figured out a way to make it work. Let's talk about it. So – that's kind of a big big news last week, which just off the start here, I'll tell you this. I am pro UKC. I'm pro PKC. I'm pro I, I pro sport. There's room for all three of them. Now, even back when they're talking about all these rule changes, don't make all the rules all the same in all three hunts. That's my opinion. Keep keep something for everybody. You know what I mean? Uh, UKC's doing great things, and they're and I mean. Heck, their TOC deal is probably the the most biggest hunter is. It's I mean, a banger. They, 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 yes, they, they um, they're doing great. Uh, there's there's good in all of them, and I'm and I support all three of them. You know, very much. We started with Pro Sport, and then so they came out with uh, they did, and uh, I think they probably. I'm telling you guys, it's work. There's a lot of work involved, and. Um, I just reached out to Shane, and now we're now we're doing all of PKC's hunts. We we cut a deal on it, and um, so now all PKC hunts are going to be ran by us. It'll be through Kundal Calcutta also, which is great. Uh, I, you know, I 
appreciate Roger Dale and Shane and whoever else is all involved for letting that happen. But so next weekend, the Pro Classic at Oklahoma will be a Coondal Calcutta deal, and I think it's going to be huge because I think I think there's a lot of people that follow PKC that don't follow pro sport, and there's a lot of people that follow pro sport. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think as it grows, the biggest thing is. If you get this thing up here where you get like a thousand, two thousand people following this thing, there's just going to be, it's going to get big. I think there'll be like, let's just say there'll be, you know, our, I think our top dog right now sold for like $800, you know, on a Calcutta, which is pretty good. That's, you know that, that's, I mean? that's but, the best I've ever uh, seen. For, for three, for three, only three, this are, we've done three Calcuttas, three hunts. We did, we started doing, uh, open them back up and like doing another one for top 16 and whatever, but we've only done three hunts. But I think that, um, where was I going with that? But basically I just, yeah, the more people I think, and then once you get so many people, I'm not so sure that there won't be, we're going to try to start putting odds in this and it's just going to keep growing. We're just going to keep new ideas and keep rolling, you know, but I wouldn't be surprised that like dogs start selling for 2,500 and, there'll be like five or six guys go in on that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And a big thing that was always important to me from the get go on this Calcutta thing was I said, we have to figure out a way where we can post the cast and keep it open where people can see the cast. And the first time we didn't have it that way, you know, obviously we're growing up the last two months we've had it that way. And it's been a big thing. So we figure out what time are these dogs going to be getting cut loose. And we try to literally shut that thing down with as much time as close to whenever, you know what I'm saying? Right, yep, yep. So I want to have it on there for like an hour and a half or two hours after the cast are drawn. See what I'm saying? Yep. So then everybody, now people, real betters can get on there and be like, okay, here's my odds. I've got a one in four chance here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Show me what you can tell me about this dog or whatever. Yeah, You know, I like that because – you know, I, whenever I was tossing around this idea and stuff, I was like, okay, what I thought would be really cool is to put statistics with the dogs. Okay. You've yeah. got take, I don't know any, any dog that's out there winning, take Z, you know, all time money winning dog. Yeah. Okay. This dog has won this amount of money. He's won over $300,000, his win percentage. And, and I would, you know, maybe and there's a lot that goes into, it, I know that the analytics and stuff, but take out open events, let's say pro classics and up his have a win percentage. This dog has won 68% of the pro classics. He's been entered in with a uh, entry fee of a thousand dollars or more, something like that. Um, but then what I really like is I like betting. If I were to be a betting man, I would bet on dog and handler combos Yeah, because I might take Z and say Bryce Matthews is handling him, and your odds of that, okay, you have a really good dog and a mediocre <laughs> handler, okay? Or you take Z, and you take Weed, who's put a bunch of money yeah. on him, and you're like, okay, the odds just dramatically increased. So I like seeing that dog-handler combo at, for the betting, but then like you guys said, you took it a step further and leave it open after the casts are drawn, because you might bet on Z, but if Z draws Paige and you've got Paige and Strickland versus Weed yeah. and Z, you're like, oh, okay, Paige has been on a hot streak. I would have bet on Z, but I know that the yeah. hot streak that Paige has been on the last month. So now now my chances are not as good. 
you know? Exactly. I think it's cool. I think you guys are really trying to do the right thing there. No, I, I'm, I'm, we're stoked about it. And so PKC, you know, they've got more information. So we're going to try to put like, we are going to, we're not going to try it. We're going to put, so on this one next weekend, them dogs that are in there, they will literally have, you'll have their pedigrees on there. And as this keeps going, every bit of information we bring in, we're keeping all the information. If you sent us a dog picture, we're keeping it. You sent it, whatever you sent us, we're keeping all the information. If you sent us anything, so that way when we're just gonna, as this thing grows, we're gonna keep putting more information beside these dogs, more information beside the handlers, the owners. We want to have as much information on there for the people betting as possible because there's you. If you guys looked at who is actually getting on here and betting, a lot of these people you won't even know. And and I, I just think it's not we're just looking past like just your buddies buying you on this Calcutta like it would be at time. We need to get people on here buying these dogs that are not even coon hunters. I mean, I mean? That, can, like, like they do on the horse races. Can you imagine seeing Coonhound Calcutta on a main screen in Las Vegas? Like these guys yeah, don't saying. give a daggone about a coonhound or a raccoon. They don't care. They are statistical geniuses in my mind because I it's all way over my head. Odds. All they need is odds. They're like, okay, I've got this odd to make this amount of money. Boom. Put me $500 on Old Blue. You know? Yeah. They don't care. They don't care about pedigrees. They don't care about names. They don't care about any of that. They want to see odds. And if you can get that in, in Vegas, like, let's just go ahead and think yeah. big. The biggest betting <laughs> yeah, spot right. in the world. Like, what yeah. would that do for coon hunting? What would that do for the sport? That's and that's uh, Steve Burkholder called me and um, Steve always calls if I went went a hunt or something. He's always been good to congratulate me or do anything like that. And he said, and he, we didn't even really talk about hunting. He talked about Coondog Calcutta and he's like, man, he's like, I just want you guys to keep pushing this thing. He's like, I think you guys got a great idea and it's gonna take time. But he he was real supportive about it and and it, it I just I think that the sky's the limit. I really do, and I just. We appreciate everybody that helps and keep it rolling. But to jump back just a little bit about uh, about handler combos. So, you know, we're learning doing all this. So Dustin, Weed actually switches a dog on us, you know, which happens. So that's kind of thing. You buy it. That's a little bit of gambling. If somebody switches a dog, you buy that spot, you're just going to flow with that dog. I mean, that's just kind of how you got to do it. But we try to let people know what's going on. And I don't know what Dustin switched to. He switched some good dog to another good dog or whatever, you know, he's got an arsenal of them, and we messaged this guy, and we're like, hey, you're at a high bet on this dog, and, and Dustin, he said, this guy sends back, he says, I don't care if Dustin's on the poodle, I want him. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was like seven or eight hundred dollars, he was like, I don't care, I'm betting on Dustin, not the, not the, not the, right. not the dog, and I was just like, so just kind of goes back to what you're saying, he's like, I don't care if he's on the poodle, yeah, I'm buying him. Exactly, you know? and and I think that's a big thing. Like I said, you could have the same dog, but it depends on who's going to spend money because it depends on who's on the end of that lead strap because I don't care what anybody says, it is a team effort to go out there and win a competition coon hunt. The dog has to do his part, and the handler better darn sure do his part or else you ain't going to win. That's just that's how it's right. going to be, you know. That's right. And, and even last night, so last night we're, uh, we're at a hunt, and, and I'll just say I was with Logan Ray hunting, and – 
My dog went out there, ran a good track, loaded up, treed. I didn't have a reason to tree him in. I had no reason to. There was nothing around him. I had nothing to lose. I just let him sit there and tree, you know. And I let him tree for two and a half minutes before I treed that dog. And I was like, okay, like it's getting hot. There, I was listening to what the other dogs were doing. Treed my dog in. Like, that's fine. He's sitting there treed. And Logan, um, he, you know, he, he's judging. Put him on there. He treed for another minute and a half. So he's treed for three and a half minutes total. I mean, just to, yeah, bah, locate. Just yeah. rolled it over to a chop. You couldn't ask, you couldn't paint a prettier picture. And all of a sudden, he just shoop, shuts it up, rolls it on. And I was like, dang, like that sucked. And Logan looked at me. He said, why'd you do that? I said, what do you mean, why'd I do that? He said, why'd you tree your dog? I said, Logan, I said, I'll be very honest with you. I said, I gave him the benefit of the doubt of not treating <laughs> him on a locate because there was no pressure to. But then I'm trying to get my points. It's hot. I said, I'm treating the dog in. Like, it is his responsibility when he locates and when he trees like that to stay there. It is my responsibility to make an informed decision on whether to tree him or to not to tree him. I said, he had his opportunity. I said, I did what I was supposed to do, and then he let me down. So, I, you said, it is a, a win and lose for the situation. It, it's a two-part deal. The dog has to do his part. I have to do my part. And at the end of the night, it didn't matter. It didn't affect the outcome. But if I would have lost on that deal, I could have held my head high knowing that I did my part. So, you know, <laughs> people, their dogs are dogs. You can't explain why they do, um, why they do what they do. But I can say, going back to the betting thing, it is a deal on handler and dogs. I think that what dog is in front of what handlers lead is going to have an effect on who pays what money for it. I, I just do. So I think you oh, guys are doing a you got to have the handle on there. You need the owner on there. You need the handler. You need as much information people can look at as possible. What What do you think the percentage is that uh, that a handler, let's just say you got a 100%, how much of its dog, how much of its handler? What, where, do you, where do you think it falls out at? Okay, so for me, honestly, I think it falls more around the 60-40 bracket. It's 60% dog, 40% handler. I definitely think that the dog has to do more work um, yeah. because they, I mean, obviously that's what they're doing. The dog is the one that's out there trying to find the raccoon. But I think that the handler plays a bigger part in it than than what I, when I first got into the sport, I thought it was like, you know, probably 90%, 10%. I think the handler plays a big part because there are so many scenarios that come into each cast. You've got to be Johnny on the spot with who's got what, what happens. This time is running on this dog, and if this happens, if X happens, then Y happens, and then Z happens. And there's a lot that goes into it. So I'm going to say 60-40 in favor of the dog. I'm more 50-50. I'm more 50-50, and I, you kind of back that as you can take a great dog. I mean a great dog. Put an average handler on him. And he'll win, but you put a good handle on him, he'll win twice as much. So right. he's just double. He's doubled what a good handler took the same dog and doubled, literally doubled what he was doing. So that's why I I think it's more of a I'm more of a fifty fifty. You gotta have a dog. Dog has to tree coons. There's no doubt. Um, but man, I I just think they're. You look at uh, John Strickland, man. He's a, a good buddy of mine, and Dude, he's got better with age. I'll tell him he he is. I've been around him since Russ Meyer House and everything. But him carrying around that black book and stuff. He look at all. He's on trucks and side by sides. All different dogs. All different dogs. And these ain't dogs that just. You know these dogs have been around. People have hunted them. 
he takes them, he wins, 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 wins. You see what I'm saying? And I, I think it's more of a 50-50 thing. I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, like, because I guess I haven't ever asked anybody that, like, what do you think the percentage is? But, you know, 50-50, 60-40, I mean, you're within 10% of each other um, for two guys who have mm-hmm. never spoke. You and I have never had a conversation until this podcast. Yeah. And different parts of the country, and to be within ten percent of each other on that, I mean, I think it's pretty close. Um, and yeah, I think, I, know it, it is. I think that you know, people are going to have different different opinions on it. Um, like I said, when I first started, I definitely thought it was more the dog. Like, man, I'm just going to turn the dog loose and do the, what the dog does, and I'm going to call the dog for what he does. And I've learned that you can't always call the dog for what they do because they will make a liar out of you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you've you've got that's to know the dog. What, as a young kid, that's what you want to do. You definitely want to start with that part. But there's, it's just crazy the things. Uh, my my boy, I got two boys, and uh, they never really was into coon hunting. My boy turns, he turned almost sixteen, or he is sixteen now. And like six months ago, he just got plummeted up with it. Coon hunts all the time, every night. He hunts more than I do, and and he got into coon hunting. And he's got the bug bad and. So I've been trying to coach him, you know what I mean? And a lot of it, you just got to learn out, out there. You know yeah. what I mean? You got to just put yourself in it and just learn as you go. And it's crazy. The times you mess up, you will remember those way more than the wins. Yep. Like, I, I will never forget the very first hunt that I won. I was hunting a dog named Shine for Shane Smith. And I drew out. It was my second hunt ever. First one that I ever won. It was like 20-something degrees in the middle of January. And I'm like, okay, I'm looking here. I'm like, all right, I'm going to this hunt because nobody else is going to be there. I'm like, we're going to have a good hunt. You know, I have a good chance of winning. Well, I think everybody and their brother thought the same exact thing. Nobody was going to show up. <laughs> I think we had like 26 dogs on a Thursday. I was like, this is yeah. not right. And I drew Tyler Pettit, Kenny Trish, and I don't remember the, the third person. Um Long story short, just you know, just getting to the point here. I made a call on a dog. Um, oh, I I said, could you hear my dog? Tyler Pettit's judging. He goes, Yep, I got her. Right after he said that, he goes, Two's working. Because he knew that if I took a minus, he wins. Because I'd treat the yeah. coon. And he goes, Two's working. And I looked right at him and I said, I thought you said that you heard my dog. He said, Brother, you're about to get a thirty dollar lesson. <laughs> and that. The, at, at that time, I was aggravated. I was hot because he said it only takes one other person to hear your dog. He said, "I said I heard it. Now I don't." He said, "I got the card," and yeah. and I have never forgot that. Me and Tyler, we're good buddies now. I've hunted with him a ton, but he looked me dead in the eyes and he said, "Boy, you're about to learn a thirty dollar lesson," <laughs> and I did too. You know, luckily, karma came through on my side. His he treated his dog the two that shut up the two got him. He took a minus two, so I ended up still winning. But, you know, $30 lesson, like I said, you'll remember those ones that, that hit you more than you'll, you'll win anything else. And, and that has never left me. And I think that, you know, you've been talking that the sport has to grow. And you have to grow as a handler, too. You have mm-hmm. to grow. You constantly have to think. Of, I mean, I'll, I'll sit after a cast and I'll, like, I'll run it down. Like, what did I do? What could I have done better? You know, what did the dog do? What could the dog? I, I, I just replay stuff all the time because I want to win. I want to be on the main stage. I want to win $272,000. I want to do that. So yeah. I think it's cool, man. Yeah. I think it, it, for me, I definitely remember the times that I uh, could have done something. I remember the, the hard losses way better than the wins. I mean, the wins are great. I mean, they make the drive home a lot easier. I know that. 
you know, I mean, they just, they make everything a lot better. But them hard losses, you, I can name so many of them. But as you go, the, there'll just be stuff that happens or you'll make little mistakes. And But the, the, that's what drives me, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, you know, those are the things I think about a lot. Dude, you know, I'm with you. Paper. I mean, I, I catch myself to this day. I mean, this happened literally last week. I was just driving down the road because that's what I do for work. I just drive all the time. And, and I don't know what triggered it, but I immediately thought about this year's Tournament of Champions, the zones, and how I made a bad call that kept me out of the, the top 100 or whatever it is at the TOC. Like, yep. lead, leading the cast for uh, for Dick Brothers. Like, he is a legend in the sport. You know, everybody yep. knows Dick Brothers. I had the opportunity to handle the dog for him. We're leading the cast. I make a call thinking that I've got to have a single night top score Made a bad call in the last 20 seconds of the hunt, treed the dog, got within 50 yards of him, and he shut down and came to me. And I took a minus, and that kept us out because what we had would have got us in. I was trying to go for more. And I, I, yeah. it, like you said, it just sticks with you. Like, why did that pop in my head the other day? I have no idea. But it just eats me alive. Like, we could have been there, you know, and, and it's Dick's yeah. dog and, and hunting for Dick. And there was just so much that was riding on there for me and – blew it just blew it but yeah it's it uh it gets in your skin man i've been i've lost a little bit here lately too and i some people are gonna say it's crazy but one time i lost seven casts in a row with ruby one time and i'm gonna tell you i thought the world was gonna end (laughs) i i uh, billy bell had me wanting to put thyroid medicine in her and all kinds of crazy Seven casts in a row, and and that's bad for me to even say. It, but I'm I'm telling you, I was at home and I was about to quit everything. I yeah. was just, uh, I and I and you know it was it was just it wasn't nothing, man. You, you're gonna win, you're gonna lose, and but if you get a good combo, a good combo, and it has to be a good combo, and you can hold on to that combo, and you get all everything figured out, dog handler. Yeah, uh, man, you can. Re- you, there's so much money out there to win right now. There I is. Mean, it, it's, it's unreal. I mean, like next weekend, forty thousand. You know what I mean? But, and if you really get that combo, you look at the Dual Murphy and this Crash Dog right now. I mean, oh. I'd say they're probably hot as anything. They're just, just, just take just act just by his entry. You know what I mean? He, they've got. He's got that combo going. You know what I mean? He, he's got it going. They're, they're in sync together right now. They are, right. man. And I hunt with Duel. I pleasure hunt with Duel. We don't live very far from each other. We try to hunt one, two nights a week. And and I've seen Crash look great. And I mean I have seen yeah. I have seen Crash look terrible. And yeah. and you know, he might look terrible one night, but that dog, he knows when it's game time. He goes out there, he knows when there's there's something on the line, and he can look like a turd the night before yeah. and then BAM thirty thousand. The next two nights. Um, but I think Duel has a lot to do with that, too. I Like you said, I think they're a hot combo. What I like about Duel is, um, you know, I think he... And I think this has to do with a lot of a lot of dogs, um, just my personal opinion. He spends time with his dogs outside of the woods. You look at his Snapchats and everything. He's got them in the house. He's got them in the playpen behind the house. He's got them in the truck. Like... I think that there's a reason that he's hot and he gets hot. He was the same way with Melvin. You know, he builds a bond with those dogs. Those dogs respect him. They know if they screw up and jack around, there's a consequence. But they also know that, you know, he's going to treat them right. Exactly. There's a reward. They they got a reward too, though. You know what I mean? And And they know that. That's a big thing. Yeah. I mean, 
discipline when, when they do wrong that. and reward when they do good. And I think Duel does a good job of that. I mean, I just I really like Duel, good buddy, and and I like seeing him, you know, be on a hot streak like that. I think heck, they've won one hundred and twenty thousand this year. Yeah, they're on it. $120,000. Like, to me, that is just mind-boggling, man, that you can win this in the sport of competition coon hunting. And like I said, just going back to, you know, the whole reason we've talked about this with the coon hunting Calcutta, if you know that they're on a hot streak and you can get that dog bought for $200 on the Calcutta, you might walk out of there with 1500 you know? Yeah. So just knowing that. And, and I think something that's fun with me is keeping up with everything. And I think this Calcutta makes you do that. Um, if you're going to spend money, like – Okay, you're checking to see who's winning what, who's being hot. Is this dog going to this hammer? There's just so much into it that just intrigues me, and I think it's yes, cool, man. I think it's I think it's gonna be great. And there's just there's so many people out there that are that are watching coon hunting, as you know, we kind of started with that can't go. You know, a lot of people got jobs, man, that just don't work to go to hunts. You know what I mean? But they keep up with it, or maybe they're just the guy that hunts in the winter time, don't hunt summer, but they still keep up with coon hunting. Yep. And it it takes everybody to make this thing work. Just because you're not, and that's what Kundal Calcutta does, just because you're not there paying an entry don't mean you can't be involved. And it also doesn't mean that you can't be helping, you know, this deal. And um, it's just like with this deal we got with PKC, there's money going to the youth. So anybody, you know, there's going to be this Kundal Calcutta thing to help grow the youth. You know, um, it's just a, just because you're not at a hunt don't mean you can't support this, the sport, right. I guess, trying to get out. And I think that's what Kundal Kelka is going to help a bunch. I think there's gonna we're going to be able to do things for, I'd like to be doing things for all three registries when, right. when this all happens. And um, and I think as we prove ourselves and get bigger, I think we will be. Yeah. I, I think we will be. And, you know, one more thing before we get ready to wrap this thing up is another thing that we're working on uh, a new announcement thing here is we're going to make a dog marketplace uh, it's, a, it's, in the, it's in the works yes um, we're going to try to you know it's basically exactly what you, everybody knows what marketplace is we're going to try to do that we're going to try to auction dogs if people want dogs auctioned um, and have a it'll either be set up like where you can just post all the information on there for the dog, kind of like to do the pro hound, but with pictures, or it'll be set up where uh, here's a week auction, you know. Right. Um, and, and like, it, I think that'd be super cool, and I think it'd be well received. Um, just a couple weeks ago, they had a an auction out west called the Horses, Hounds, and Mules auction, and uh, the dogs that were there were mainly lion, lion and bear dogs, you know. But yeah. it was a deal where you could get online. There was a, there was an auctioneer right there, and you can make your online bets. And they sold the dog out there, a lion dog, for twenty thousand dollars. You know, on the auction site. Guys, dogs are the only coonhounds are like the only dogs that are not getting auctioned off right now. Why and yeah. why? And so I've thought about that as well. Like I, it's funny. I, I've had, I've always been the guy that has these ideas. I just don't know how to make them work. Um, yeah. This this is no joke. There's one time I legitimately I told a guy I was working for. I said, okay, I've got this idea for a um, a ratchet. I was like, it's gonna be a two sided yeah. ratchet. You're gonna have a quarter inch on one side and a three eighths on the other side, and you're gonna flip the switch. It wasn't yeah. a year later. I saw the daggone thing in Menards for sale. <laughs> I was like, man, like somebody beat me to it. So, 
So it's cool like the, that people are thinking about the same things, which tells me I'm not the only one with good ideas. There's a lot of smart guys out there. It's just who can implement them. Um, but I think that it takes the right guy, the right group of people. Because like you said, it takes a team to make things it takes happen. Takes a group, absolutely. You got to get you got to get the right minds involved. You got to have an innovator. You've got to have a practical person. You have to have a motivator. You've got to have all these guys that make things happen. And so I think, man, I think the auction thing is going to be cool, like the marketplace, because you, like you said, coonhounds, they're the only ones not getting sold like that. You got to be, you got to be in the know to get a good dog bot right now. I think Facebook, you know, Sleepy the other day, he was posted for sale. And he was sold on Facebook within like, what, four hours? Yeah, and the thing with Facebook is you can't put much information on there because they don't allow it. Exactly. You know? They're, they're going to throttle you, you down. A, yeah, you have a platform that you can put real in. Like, just think if you could post a dog, but, you know, you got pictures of a tree and you, and you can actually say what you're trying to say on there. Yep, without using words. You know what I mean? And you could yep. really say it. You could really describe it. And you could put it on there and then just... A guy's looking for a dog. I mean, we do it with the ProHound now, but you're reading words and you're just, and then you're calling a guy. Just think if you could just put all this information on this dog on there. And maybe it's an auction. Maybe maybe you're just trying to sell a dog. We'd like to do it both ways, you know. And um, I think it'll be huge. Yeah, I mean, it'd I, be- think, I, think, I, think that, I think that'll be a big deal. I just think that in all these things that we're trying to do, we want to help grow the coon hunting. Yep. It's not like we're, yeah. Uh, all four of us have got jobs, you know, work. It's not, this ain't, we're not doing this to try to get rich or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Obviously, you've got, you got time and you got to make money at some point. But we want to see Kunal get bigger. And I think this Kunal Calcutta and this marketplace deal will help a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think that'd be cool. Like, you know, third Wednesday of every month, we've got an auction going on. Like, yeah, it'd be, that's right. It'd be cool. Um, you know man, what I mean? Yeah, I think you guys are right. on the right track. So, Wes, man, I I appreciate your time today. I really appreciate you sitting down and, and having this conversation and and getting this news out here to the public. I think this this podcast deal is a, is a great way to spread information, spread it quickly, and to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. You know, there's a lot yeah. of rumor that goes around with stuff. We all know that, but you know, to sit down, talk to one of the guys who's in charge of things, get the information straight from them. People can just they can absorb it. They can think about it. Hopefully this will get guys engaged who have not heard about the Coonhound Calcutta. It'll get them looking for that hunt that's coming up. Um, one thing I did I did have a question before we go, though. You said that you're going to be doing all the PKC hunts. Is it pro classics only? Like, how is that going to happen? So with we're going to pick. No, I really want to do, like, uh, when it gets to, like, the semifinals and super stakes. Okay. I okay. To, would like to do those. Uh, when it gets to – we're going to pick. One thing we're not going to do is we're not going to – burn this thing out gotcha you know okay. I mean? that's what i was worried about one two cow is a month that's gonna be a big thing uh i don't want to burn it out i want to every time we do it i want to make it great and i want to make it better every time you know yeah. what i mean so like this one down here that that uh, i think there's gonna be third it's like a 32 dog hunt that's gonna be a great one to do uh over in oklahoma and then uh you'll have super stakes coming up do the finals of super stakes um heck i think i've you know, just stuff like that. Do the right. finals, the, the the top, whoever gets goes to Salem or whatever in the world hunt thing. You know, right. so yep. If you get your you get your dog together and get your stuff together, hopefully you're up there and we can 
auction you off. Oh, man, I hope so. That'd be cool. That, <laughs> that would be all right. Probably wouldn't go for much, but it'd still be cool to be there. So, all right, yeah. guys, like I said, I appreciate Wes so much for sitting down with us today. You know, we had to we had to work hard to get our schedules to work together, but we finally made it happen. This is a good thing for the sport. I believe, just like Wes said, we need to keep growing it, keep pushing. Don't look in the rearview mirror. Look through the front glass. I think that's what we got to do. Um, you know, put the pedal to the metal and just keep going. So, Wes, you got anything else before we head out of here, man? Uh, just the last thing would be is just, man, if anybody's curious about it, pick up the phone and call me. Message the the Facebook deal on the Kundal Kalakuta thing. Uh, we want to make this thing simple. We want everybody. If anybody's even thinking about being involved, we want you to get involved. You know, um, and uh, just if you have any questions on it, you know, new stuff. That's the big thing. It takes a long time to get new stuff out there. You know, so but it, a lot of it is because people are just on the borderline of calling you or not calling you or yep. asking or not asking. Just call and ask. And even if you don't get involved. It, it helps that everybody knows what's going on. You right. know what I mean? And that's why I appreciate you for doing this because I think this will help out a bunch. You yep. know what I mean? So. Yep. All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap this one up. If you would, please head over and support our sponsors. Uh, we've got a great list of sponsors that are a part of Houndsman XP. They're a part of Deep and Lonely Podcast. Uh, support those that support you. Um, spend your money with those who support you, just like, you know, the Coonhound Calcutta. Go over, bet on some dogs. I'm not a betting guy, but I'm going to be going over there and, and, you know, throwing a little bit of money around just to help support the cause and get things going. Um, like I said, visit our sponsor page. Be sure to visit our website, uh, houndsmanxp.com. We've got a ton of merch over there. We've got hats. We've got tumblers. We've got shirts. We've got the new competition extreme dog box. We've got a lot going on with Houndsman XP. Um, we're, we're trying to do our part to grow this sport as well, not just in the competition coon side, which is what the Deep and Lonely podcast is, but go over and check out the rest of our other uh, podcasts. We've got the All Mixed Up. We've got The Journey. Uh, we've got the Ask Me Anything Fridays. Just check out the rest that we have going on at Houndsman XP. We really support you guys. We appreciate you listeners. Uh, Wes, thanks again for having you on, buddy, and uh, we hope to talk to you soon, and we'll, we'll see you at a hunt sometime. All right, buddy? Sounds good, man. All Thank right, you. guys. We'll see you.